0: Welcome. Welcome in to Sports Talk Chicago. All gas, no brakes. If you're looking for the same old Sports Talk.
1: Get out!
0: (laughs) You've come to the wrong place. Hey, we ain't come this far just to come this far, you hear me?
1: I tell you what I see, I tell you the truth. We going hard today. We're fearless, bold, and
0: highly opinionated. This air show. This show is so hot right now. The biggest guests, the hottest takes, and the best interviews live right here. Do you actually remind me of Dan Patrick? Because you ask great questions. You have the knack. You have the gift. On Sports Talk Chicago. Yo, Chicago. Here's your host guys an absolute stud. John Zagluel
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome into Sports Talk Chicago. Great to see all of you here with us across our great TV and radio affiliates. Across Illinois and Indiana, J- WJOB, AM 1230, TV, Cities 92.9, Talk FM, ACTV, 105.5, the ticket, and WKAN. I'm John Zagluo. John Meadows is directing and producing. You can follow us all over at Sports Talk Chicago. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. 18,000-plus subscribers. Would love to have you be a part of the community there. And hit the like button on the videos that we put out as well so much going on in bears world they had a big day here today and we have a huge guest here to break everything down with us he is a sports radio legend he's the host of danny mac's friday tailgate on wjob one of our affiliates and the host of the danny mac podcast please welcome the
0: legend Dan McNeil to the program. Dan, always great to see you. How are you? John, good to be here. Thank goodness we have plenty of news to hash through from today's news conference. Ryan and Matt, number two, the second Ryan and Matt in charge of the Bears.
1: (laughs) So what did you make when you heard about the news that Matt Eberpluss is going to stay, but Luke Getze is the one who gets fired?
0: Yeah, I thought that was as predictable as the day is long. It's like a hitting coach after a season when a team doesn't make the playoffs and it was supposed to. He's the guy who's responsible for all of it. In this case, however, Getzy probably had this coming. I thought he got smarter as the year went on, but I was unimpressed by his body of work. That did not surprise me. Eberflus retaining his job did not surprise surprise me. And I don't think we have any clarity yet on Justin Fields. I think a lot of people drew conclusions from today's news conference. I did not. And polls also left the idea, which I find the most interesting thing that was said. He didn't dismiss the notion of drafting a quarterback and keeping Justin Fields. Wouldn't that make for an interesting August?
1: What do you think the Bears should do at the
0: quarterback position now that this has already occurred? I'd punt. I've seen enough. I think he progressed a ton. I think he's easy to root for. He's an exciting player. Justin Fields is a video game. He is incredible with the ball in his hands. He's Devin Hester, and he gets the ball in his hands a ton. But he hasn't grown enough as a passer. He hasn't put enough points on the board. One of their two division wins, uh, three division wins. know uh, I'm sorry, just two division wins. They didn't show up on opening day. Uh, <laughs> they didn't score a touchdown. And Fields is the most culpable player in the game they lost to the Lions when they were leading with 3.53 remaining. They were up by, by two scores. And he's the reason, the biggest reason they didn't, uh, they didn't win that game. So I've seen enough. I would rather see them go in another direction at quarterback.
1: So how would that work though, too? Because if they go with another quarterback, you got Matt Eberflus staying, presumably a new offensive coordinator and an offensive staff. What if it doesn't work out? That Matt Eberflus is fired, then we're back in you know 2021, where it was kind of a lame duck situation with Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace, and Justin Fields.
0: I think you know that's going to be the interesting thing uh, to see what they decide to do with the quarterback, because if you change. You are resetting, and you're also potentially turning off high level candidates down the road if you don't draft the player he most wants to work with. And I was surprised that Pauls was so dismissive today of Jim Harbaugh. I thought that situ- I thought that was going to play out a little bit longer, but when he said. He has not talked to Jim Harbaugh. I was I was surprised by that, and it doesn't appear that there's any plan to talk to the former Bears quarterback. I, I'd get him if I could. Um, I don't know if he's the answer, but I, I don't like what I've seen from Matt Eberflus in two seasons.
1: I don't know if you could explain this to me, but what do you think Ryan Pohl sees in Matt Eberflus, so much to the point that he wouldn't even contact Jim Harbaugh?
0: Yeah, I think he's he's very protective of the vibe in that locker room and maybe he'll grow into not being so protective of it. And he hinted with that uh, to that about some other topics today. Growing into a comfort level. you got to all remember, he's only a second year general manager. This will be his third draft coming up. I he pointed several times to the team having resolved during the season. And not giving up. And those things are true. They had a terrible start, and then they won seven games in their in their back 13. They were better than they were bad. But who did they really beat? They beat the commanders. They beat the Raiders when the Raiders were still being coached by Josh McDaniels, and they were they didn't <laughs> show up that day. They they played the Vikings twice without Justin Jefferson. Yes, the defense. Oh, and not to mention they beat Carolina too. Let's put that feather in their cap. <laughs> But there was improvement. I think there's reasons to be encouraged by how far they've come defensively. It all seemed to change when Montez Sweat was acquired. That was a big move.
1: I would agree with you. I think personnel-wise, they're moving in the right direction. Do you think that overshadows any changes or weirdness going on with quarterback and the
0: offensive staff going into next year? I think it's unfortunate You've got a a quarterback working with yet another. uh, It'll be his third guy in four years, uh, whoever the successor is, to Luke Getze. And I I have no insight as to who that might be. I, I hope it's somebody who is willing to work with the talent that's in the room and not force feed his system on the guys who already are assembled. I think that's a, a problem a lot of young coaches in particular have. I, you know, I, I think Ryan Paul said something really true today. The job is very appealing to a coordinator on either side. Whether you're going to, if you're an offensive coordinator candidate, you got DJ Moore, you got the one in the nine, you have two decent young tackles. One who could be very good in Darnell Wright, and I think Braxton Jones has been okay. They need help in the middle. They got a good tight end. You got the one and the nine. That's appealing to everybody. And the defense, as much as they came on the second half, that looks good to a would-be defensive coordinator too. And, again, they have draft capital, and they have uh, they have money in free agency.
1: How do you think the new OC, whoever it's going to be, is going to approach this situation? I mean, I, I don't think they're going to know when they're hired, if it's going to be Caleb Williams or Justin Fields, et cetera. So how do you think the Bears and this offensive coordinator should approach this situation? It's, it's just it's really on right now with not much clarity, as you had said earlier.
0: Yeah, it, it is. It, you know, it's like, do you want the job if you're, if you're an offensive coordinator and don't know who you're going to be working with? Maybe not. And you have to do a lot of reading of tea leaves in your conversations with the management team about what its intentions are. Uh, I, I think those conversations probably would have to be really, really candid and they would have to, they would have to give the confidence to their top two or three guys and share with them what their plans are. And if a guy's got cold feet about a candidate, then it's, it, it's the deal's off. There's there's no reason for them to pursue a relationship if they're not on the same page with whichever college player they like.
1: How similar do you think this is, Dan, to, I'm thinking, maybe Philip Rivers and the Chargers situation, Philip Rivers and Drew Brees? I mean, you have somebody here who's played for three years. There's a lot of contentious debate on whether or not he's the guy. You also have the number one pick. I don't think he's the guy. That's just me. But, I mean, is there is this similar to something like that?
0: It's been going on since I've been watching Bears games. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, the You know, the, this is uh, I don't remember. There was no sports talk in 1969. The first Bears season, I remember, John, and they went one and 13 that year. That's with Gale Sayers and Dick Butkus on the roster. They went 1-13. There wasn't much quarterback controversy amidst all those losses, but the Bears have never been settled at the quarterback other than their short time when Jim McMahon was healthy in the early to mid flirting with the late 80s. That didn't last real long. He's probably the best quarterback they had in terms of what he brought to the team as a whole Jay Cutler was the most talented, but even near the end, of, while nobody was crying for his backup, they certainly weren't pleased with with Cutler. That's a Bears tradition, and the only traditions worth keeping are winning ones, in my opinion. Let's lose the bad quarterback tradition. Here's a little nugget for you. Eric Kramer, who holds the Bears passing record for yards in one season, threw for 3,838 yards. It's real easy to remember, 3838. No Bears passer has exceeded that in one year. Seven times in Kirk Cousins' career, he has exceeded 4,000 yards. Now, we mock Kirk Cousins in Chicago on occasion. We don't think, I don't think a lot of people think he's a winner. They think he's above average. They think he's not going to get you killed, but he's not going to lead you to the title. And he's had seven seasons <laughs> that are better than the best in Bears history on paper. And I don't know, Dan, if you heard this too, but I heard a lot of mockery, even of
1: Jordan Love uh, this past week, and oh, he's you know, bad team or not that great of a game. I, I heard people say that, and yet Jordan Love this year in essentially his rookie season had 4,000-plus passing yards and 30 touchdowns. That would have been the best season in Bears quarterback history if he did that here in Chicago.
0: Yes, and you're (laughs) right. It felt like he was a rookie. He's in his third year. It's the first time he's had the team, and he looked like he knew what he was doing for the first three games of the year. (laughs) Then he hit a little bit of the skids, weeks four, five, and six. He wasn't very good, but he has recovered. He looks like a better quarterback. He was the one this past Sunday who looked like he was in his third year as a starter, not Justin Fields. It was juxtaposed. He was quick to get rid of the ball. He moved well. He keeps his eyes moving. And again, I think Fields has made some market progress, but got no touchdowns against the divisional opponent. That's That's not satisfactory.
1: Got Dan McNeil here with us on Sports Talk Chicago, host of Danny Mac's Friday Tailgate on WJOB, the Danny Mac podcast, and of course, a sports radio legend. So, Dan, the offseason is going to continue for the Bears in this position. What are they going to do next?
0: they got to find themselves a center in free agency once that opens up. I think that's one of the biggest priorities on the team. I'd like to see them add another pass rusher. I know I'm. Maybe that'll come in the draft. Maybe they'll find somebody not necessarily with one or nine. And I think there's a real good chance, based on his short history, Ryan Poles will deal and maybe try to get some additional picks out of one of those two picks. Um, they need a running back too. I, I'm the only one talking about this. Khalil Herbert posted some really good numbers in weeks 16 and 17, and then they didn't do anything last week. But he's a plotter to me, and I'm not knocked out by Roshan Johnson. I know he was a rookie, but I don't know what the future of this team is at running back, and you're not going to draft a guy high at running back. I understand the era in which they're playing pro football, but I think they need to at least look for some help via free agency, maybe find a new Deontay Foreman for next year
1: why didn't they keep david montgomery and maybe this is antiquated and something that shouldn't be said but i'll tell you two years ten billion dollars is all that the lions gave him and he had a thousand yard season in detroit splitting carries is there i mean why didn't
0: they keep him if they need a running back so bad now that's a great question i i i would have paid him i thought he was a real tough kid and i thought he never really got an opportunity to be a showcase running back here um and the bear, you know I mean there was one one of Matt Nagy's believe yeah it was it was the rookie <laughs> year of David David Montgomery when Matt Nagy said carried they had seven rushes and a loss to the Saints at home that was the one that the, the game that prompted the I'm not an idiot uh, soundbite from Matt Nagy <laughs> uh, Montgomery just didn't get enough opportunities here I thought he was always very tough he's pretty durable. And he played like a guy who, who had something to prove this year for the Lions. He was very good. The Bears probably should have hung on to him. But in this era, they treat those guys like livestock. Running backs do not have, do not have the same rights as the other positional players.
1: On a side note, what do you think of Matt Nagy and his uh, offensive performance this year in Kansas City? i reminiscent of uh, Chicago stuff, right?
0: Man, the Chiefs <laughs> just don't look good. And I thought for a while they were just bored. I thought maybe they're just playing down to the level of competition. They've got a really good defense nobody talks about because it's all about Patrick Mahomes. And I, I understand that. And uh, Taylor Swift, too. But um, – <laughs> Yeah, Kansas City, I would not bet on them this postseason. I don't think I'd bet against them because Patrick Mahomes still can cut your heart out, but I certainly wouldn't put my money on them. There's only really one or two teams that I find to be really trustworthy. How about you? I mean, is there anybody other than Baltimore or San Francisco that jumps out to you and says, yeah, I'm going to be taking a confetti shower come February?
1: There have been too many upsets and there have been too many weaknesses exposed for all these other teams. I mean, look at Miami, the collapse they've had. I read a report the other day, Dan, that if Miami loses uh, their first game of the playoffs, Mike McDaniel is going to be fired. I don't know if that's true or not, but Miami has been topsy-turvy. The Bills have turned it on late, but they were bad early on. Even the Eagles, uh, I think, lost way too many games, and Jalen Hurts has had such a tough follow-up from last year's up to the MVP finish so I mean I'm with you it doesn't seem like there's a sure thing this year in the NFL playoffs yeah
0: the Eagles have lost five of their last six games they don't look good at all and Hurts has been a big part of that they're not getting after the quarterback and they're not tackling other than that they're playing just fine the Dolphins have to come into cold weather too that's going to be a problem for Miami I've wondered if they're one of those teams that's uh, really fun to watch when it's when it's hot out and the sun is shining and then when they get in a cold weather game or they get in a street fight, they may not prevail. And I think that's going to be a tough putt for Miami this weekend, which is too bad because I I find them to be as entertaining as anybody offensively this year.
1: Got Dan McNeil still with us on Sports Talk Chicago. Dan, a few more questions before we finish up here. First off, the Friday tailgate still on WJOB. How's that been going?
0: Ah, terrific. Noon to two on Friday afternoons, and they're nice enough to replay the show on Friday nights between five and seven and again, Saturday mornings. Uh, so it's going well. I we're into our third year of doing this already. You know, it's a little bit of a challenge once football season ends, but it's only a two hour show every week. So I think I can muscle up enough thoughtage, especially (laughs) with another interesting off season for the bears ahead.
1: And what about the Danny Mac podcast, too, with Ben Revers? Obviously, I I see your posts every week. You're recording regularly, and it seems like a lot of people are tuning in.
0: Yeah, I hope so. Uh, The Danny Mac (laughs) podcast, it's free. Like most podcasts are, they're free. And uh, we've been adding some guests to the mix this football season. That was something we didn't do the first year of the podcast. Now we're in year number two. We're adding some guests to it, and we're – toying with some ideas to make it interactive, John, too, although I'd, I'd like to find a way to do that without actually just taking live phone calls because I don't know if anybody, whether they're listening to Terrestrial, your podcast, my, wants to hear Mike in Oak Park one more time <laughs> say, yes, I think they screwed up, not firing Matt Eber. It just doesn't add much to it, but I'd like it to be interactive in some way. Maybe we'll record some some callers some listeners who want to comment let me ask you this dan before
1: we finish up last question and this might be a little bit outside of what we were talking about today but if you could think of something here what's one of your best moments that
0: you've had in radio the best moments um all right the bulls are honoring this is going to surprise you. I start with basketball, right? <laughs> the Bulls are honoring the 72-10 and 10 team this week, right? Yes. That team in 95-96 finished, uh, finished the year uh, with a NBA Finals victory over Seattle. And I was in Seattle with the score. Uh, they were nice enough to send the afternoon show out there. And Dan Patrick and I had struck up a friendship for several years and Dan Patrick and Brent Musburger, Mike Tirico, Terry Bors, my air partner, my producer, and a few behind-the-scenes big shots at ESPN, we were closing the hotel bar, and I was doing an impersonation of Chet Kopic, who they all had known. And I was still not feeling, John, like I belonged. I was 35 years old almost, but I still was not like, you know— Man, I'm, I'm hanging with these guys, and they sing. See... I had the entire audience on the floor holding their bellies, <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that's Brent Musburger. This damn Tariko wasn't huge yet at '96, but he was—he, you could tell his star was on the ascent. And I'm like, wow, I belong. I went to bed la- that night feeling very, very good about myself and my comedic chops and inner, inner ability to imitate Chet Copic. It was worth something anyway. <laughs> Dan, thank you so much for joining. You certainly belong.
1: Obviously, sports radio legend. You've been in the business 30 plus years. And for everybody uh, tuning in, listen to the Danny Mac Friday Tailgate and WJOB, the Danny Mac podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Dan, uh, always enjoy it and looking forward to the next time we chat as well.
0: Thanks, John. I am too. Keep going strong, buddy. You're doing great. Thank you so much. We're going to be right back
1: here on Sports Talk Chicago. Tons of Bears stuff to discuss. Don't go anywhere. Sports Talk Chicago. John Zaglul, John Meadows back here with you. Great first segment. If you missed it, go back and podcast it. Dan McNeil, Sports Talk Radio Legend, has a show. One of our great affiliates, WJOB and TV, on Friday afternoons. Dan's been in the business for 30-plus years, obviously a score original, been around the block, so many great times uh, in Chicago, Radio, ESPN 1000, the score, the drive, etc. Uh, he was a great guest and somebody perfect to have on with all this Bears news, kind of breaking same day. So we certainly appreciate Dan for coming on. You can go to sportstalkchicago.com, go to any podcast provider, and um, check out the first part of this show. we got two more segments to go, and obviously there's going to be a lot to discuss I've been worked up all day seeing all this news kind of trickle out little by little, starting in the morning with the Luke Getzy BS. Then, oh, Matt Eberplus gets to stay. My goodness. And then the press conference in and of itself, which was a darn joke. So we have a lot to discuss here. Um, I encourage everybody, before we really get into it, just remember uh, follow us all over at Sports Talk Chicago. If you're on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button. And also a big shout-out to all of our great affiliates, WKAN 105.5 The Ticket, ACTV, JTBW, JOB, and Cities 92.9 Talk FM. All right, here we go. The Bears made an interesting yet non-surprising decision because they are the definition of mediocrity in the National Football League. They chose to fire Luke Etsy which made sense, but keep Matt Eberflus. Ryan Poulos is obviously safe, and Ryan Pouls said today at the Paris press conference that it was his choice to keep Matt Eberflutes. And Kevin Warren stood right next to them, super happy and thrilled and excited for what was to come. I give Kevin Warren credit, though. I will say this. Talk about a great hype man. I mean, if you want somebody to sell you something, go to Kevin Warren, and ask him to do it, because he's selling everybody on a bunch of BS. Really, uh, kudos to him. How the hell... Does the second-worst coach in Bears history get to stay going 10-24? and 24? Better yet, how does somebody who blows uh, two 10-plus-point leads in the fourth quarter get to stay? No, wait, one more. He had two coaches fired midseason for conduct detrimental to the team. But, no, he gets to stay. He's a good coach. He could judge character. He knows how to hire a staff, which begs the other question. Have he hired Allen Williams and the Bears' running back coach, who both got fired due to quote-unquote HR reasons, then what makes you think he's a good enough judge of character to hire a new offensive coordinator and an offensive staff? How about that for a question? Where the hell were these questions during the press conference? There were some good and hard questions asked. I actually give the Bears reporters credit. Mark Potash, friend of this program. Dan Wieterer, friend of this program. They asked some good questions. They did. That question, if I was there, I would have asked that. Probably would have gotten thrown out of the room. But nevertheless, it needs to be asked. And I heard on the radio after the press conference, heard people saying, actually, according to some sources, Eberplus's job security went up after the Alan Williams scandal. It actually went up because apparently the crisis brought everybody together. Right. Somebody FBI raiding Alan Williams home brings everybody together like kumbaya. What a freaking joke. You're going to be kidding me. That's what was said. That's unacceptable. In addition to the fact, Matt Eberflus is the second-worst coach in Bears history as of this day, in two seasons. Oh, two seasons is not enough time. No, two seasons is enough time to know that he's not a capable head coach. He might be a great defensive coordinator. Now, the defense certainly got better throughout the season. But when it comes to actually being a head coach, when it comes to, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, strategy, in-game strategy, hiring the right people, understanding character, winning football games. He is not the guy. No, he's not the guy. And the fact that Ryan Poles and Kevin Warren stood behind him tells me this. This will be their downfall, if it doesn't work out, especially for Ryan Poles, because Poles said it was his choice, supposedly, to retain Matt Eberflus. So if Matt Eberflus fails, I don't want to see Ryan Poles around anymore. Now, like with Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, it's Poles and eberflus They're a package deal, and that's it. And there's no other way to put it. Ryan Poles has chosen to stick his neck out from at Plus. Great. Hope it works out. I wouldn't bet on him. I wouldn't stick my neck out for him, but Ryan Poles has chosen to do it. And if that's the case, I hope it works out. Because if it doesn't, you're both going to be out of a job at about one to two years, I would think, at most. Here's the other thing, too. If the Bears don't make the playoffs next year, I don't care what the situation is. I don't care what the excuses are. I don't care what they try to spin it as. It is an abject failure and everybody has to get, everybody has to get fired. If they do not make the playoffs next year, everybody has to get fired. Cause I'm sick of the BS this year. We were sold a bunch of BS in the offseason, If you recall, which I'm sure you do. And I I was sold some of it. I was the one who had some of it, maybe in a dummy. Oh, hey, Justin Fields is looking better and better, which is abjectly false. Hey, we got DJ Moore in. We got all these good players in. We're looking like a team. Clearly not. You went 7-10. and 10. When the expectation was, and it was, don't tell me it wasn't, playoffs. Oh, what about all those analysts before the season who said Justin Fields would win the MVP award? That didn't happen. In fact, Justin did worse than last year, this year. That's a fact. And here's what makes it even worse. Let's say that uh, the Bears move on from Justin Fields. They bring in Caleb Williams. Let's say they do it at number one. Then they go 4-13 and 13 next year. Or even 7-10 and 10 again. Let's say 7-10 and 10 again. Then you're going to fire Matt Eberflus. There's going to be a random offensive coordinator here that's probably going to be let go. Ryan Poles might be fired, or maybe he'll find a way to stay. Then you're going to have a new head coach, new offensive coordinator, year two Caleb Williams. Then here we go again. Same thing. Why don't they learn to do something better than this? It's the same thing. You either do it all or don't do anything. I'm opposed to keeping everybody around, right? But if they had said, we're going to keep Getze, Eberplus, and Fields, and Poles, and everybody had um, promises to stay, I would have been pissed, right? But at least there would have been continuity. So then next year, everybody would have gone. But instead, we do this halfway thing. Right? Where Eberplus is fine, he's safe, but Luke Ketzi's the reason why the Bears went seven and ten and all the other coaches under Luke Kensey. Justin Fields is kind of an open book right now. We don't really know what's gonna happen, but Ryan Poles is definitely staying and he's gonna stick up for Matt Eberplus What is this? We're just going round and round in circles. It's circular logic and frankly it's dumb. Do something. Do something definite. Make a damn decision. You'll stand there and say, look, we're gonna do it this way and this is it. Be competent. Be assertive. Don't be wishy-washy. This is a wishy-washy process. This is a half-ass process from the Bears here. This is a half-ass process. Okay? You can't justify keeping a coach, too, who started off on 4 then rallied down the stretch, beating teams, as Dan said, like the Vikings 12-9 in a game in which Josh Dobbs started, and he had three picks against him. And you scored 12 points. Or a game in which you beat the Falcons where their head coach fired no quarterback. You beat Taylor Heineke and a combination at the end of Desmond Ritter. Congratulations. You lost to Jordan Love again at the end of the year. And you blew games in the beginning, middle, and end of the season. I remember after the Bears lost to Detroit. I brought it up like two weeks after the game, and I was told, well, they've grown. Stop bringing that up. It was in the past. You're being stupid. You're being a hater. Well, then they did it again the next week to Cleveland, near the end of the season. So beginning, middle, and end, there were blown losses by double-digit points in the fourth quarter. How is he not getting punished for that? There's been no growth there. You could argue maybe, and I'm not going to argue it, but you could make the argument that maybe there's been some growth for Justin Fields, despite Luke Katz. You can make that argument. I'm not going to agree with it, but you can make it. You cannot argue to me that Matt Ebert-Blues has shown growth from Game 1 to Game 18 or 17. There's no way. There's no growth. They're doing the same crap they did Week 3, Week 4, when they blew the game against Denver. And in the middle of the year, they blew the game against Detroit. And at the end of the year, right, wasn't it early December, late November, they blew the game against the Browns, against Joe Flacco, who's 38 years old, who just got up the couch a couple of weeks ago. you got to be kidding me. And everybody gets to stay, with the exception, my bad, of Luke Gensie, because the only reason the Bears went 7-10 and this year is because Luke Gensie failed as a play caller. That's the only reason the Bears lost. No, you cannot argue that. But... By the Bears making this decision, that's effectively what they're arguing. They're arguing that it was Luke Etsy and his staff that caused the Bears' tumult and a 7-10 record this year. That is a lie. That's a lie. Okay? That's a lie. It's not true. Ryan Poles hired Matt Eberplutz. Right. He inherited Justin Fields, Matt Eberflus and Brian or whatever the hell happened, hired Luke Getze. They hired Alan Williams. They hired the running backs coach who got fired. All these things occurred. And look where they ended up, too, 7-10. What gets me, though, among so many things that uh, Eberflus did wrong and this team did wrong, what really gets me is the fact that, according to sources or reports, and I'm not even reporting this, I heard this today, I'm just repeating what I heard, that apparently after the scandals is when everybody came together. So after the Alan Williams thing, that's when Iber status as a head coach was actually strengthened. That is the most backwards logic I've ever heard. So you got some guy who does some shady things, okay? Gets, uh, or sorry, uh, resigns, my bad, wasn't fired. I, I can't say that because then they're going to say I'm slandering him. He resigns. There was confirmed an FBI uh, investigation. I don't want to use the word raid. Investigation on his home, and that. Out of all of that, we hear. Oh, actually, after all of that, Matt Eberflus' status as a coach got better. Everybody strengthened when a crisis occurred. That's the biggest BS I've ever heard. This is such a joke. Ryan Poles is going to have to sit down and 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 uh, absorb this decision now too. We got it on record. We heard it today on the press conference and just throughout the decision-making process and through other reports and anonymous sources. That's it. So if bad Iberpluss doesn't work, Ryan Poles better be out the door with him. And if Ryan Poles gets to stay after a year or two and Eberplus is fired, that's another damn joke too. I don't care how many coaches a gm typically gets oh usually gets two before he gets fired no he stuck his neck out for the second worst coach in bears history so now they're both on the hot seat in my opinion if they don't do anything next year if they don't make the playoffs going 10 and 7 next year both on the hot seat both could be gone not kidding it should be that way well it's a three-year process a four-year process yeah it is a process but things should have been better this year than 7-10, and 10, and you had an opportunity to do that every step of the way. But you let off-the-field issues with your coaches that you hired get in the way. You didn't know how to manage time in the fourth quarter and win football games. And you stuck with a quarterback who clearly isn't the guy you might even stick with him next year, too. Because as of right now, according to the press conference, Ryan Poles didn't Reveal fully whether or not he's going to stick with Justin Fields or not. He said he's going to evaluate decisions and evaluate the situation. I'll also say this: How do you not contact Jim Harbaugh? I'm not even saying I'm a supporter. I'm not even saying that I'm such a diehard for Harbaugh. But when asked the question, Polls goes, "No, he's the Michigan head coach. We've got Matt. Are you kidding me?" You're going to compare Matt Eberflus to say we got Matt. We're good. <laughs> oh my goodness! In addition to whoever else is out there right now. By the way, Mike Vrabel's available. Pete Carroll. I mean, Pete Carroll's not going to come here. I know he's older. But even Pete Carroll. You're going to tell me if you were to choose between Pete Carroll and Matt Eberplus, you'd choose Matt Eberpluss? No. Of course you choose Pete Carroll. There were actually a lot of decent names out there. In addition to coordinators getting their first shot. Offensive guys getting interviews. Getting their opportunities. Like Slowick from Houston. He's getting a ton of interviews right now. He's probably going to be a head coach. Johnson. From Detroit, probably going to be a head coach this year. Getting tons of interviews. So I don't know what the thought process was up there in Hallis Hall. I wish I was in the room when they were deliberating, but I don't like the end result. And for those who tell me that uh, you should be patient and there's nuance to the conversation, this is a time when there's really no nuance to the conversation this is a time in which you really can't rationally justify what occurred you could justify based on feelings you could say hey they have a good working relationship they don't want to get people angry they're worried about the locker room culture that you could justify you can't justify this based on pure numbers and performance you can't do it and what makes it even worse That again, you could have a situation that you just emulated with the previous administration two years ago, where you're going to have a lame duck head coach, then the GM and the head coach are going to get fired, then you're stuck with the quarterback who's the number one pick, not going to get developed, then in five years, Caleb Williams is a bust, then we do it again. Why? Why does it have to be this way? Why do they have to do it this way? Why can't they actually think outside of the box for once? And you would think with Kevin Warren... According to the reports I read a few weeks ago that he's going to look at this objectively and not be loyal and make decisions, it kind of sounds like it wasn't really objective. It kind of sounds like it was subjective, meaning that there was a bias. And of course there was. I'm too scared to fire Ryan Poles. I'm too scared to fire Matt eberplus But we'll fire Luke Gensie because that's the easy and popular choice. And we have no decision that Justin Fields yet. I just don't understand. I'm certainly not a fan of any of this. But Chested Fields, as of right now, is still a Chicago Bear. And as of right now, technically, is still the starting quarterback. Guess we'll see how that goes. This was a wild day at Havis Hall. And the end result is not something that we should be advocating for. And it's not something that I'm going to be cheering up and down about. And there are very few people who are. People actually have brains on this one. and I think everybody kind of understood and knew what was going on here. Dumb move. Dumb idea didn't work. Won't work. But the Bears do have Justin fields. For now. What should they do there? I'm going to tell you why it's probably not the best idea to keep him. And this isn't even going to be a personal thing or a slandering thing, right? It's just when you combine his performance. The years he's played, in addition to the lame duck potential for a head coaching situation, it literally makes no sense to keep him. Who knows what the Bears are going to do, right? But it makes no sense to keep him. This whole thing's out of whack. And this process, this decision process, is horrendous. But that's Bears football for you. So we'll talk more about Justin Fields here in a second. Should the Bears draft Williams or keep fields? We'll talk about that now, knowing what we know. Stay tuned. This is Sports Talk Chicago. We're going to be right back. Stay tuned. Sports Talk Chicago. John Glow. John Meadows directing and producing. Great to see everybody here with us. Final segment of today's program. We are live and all over on WKN 105.5, the ticket, ACTV, Cities 92.9 Talk FM, Jet TV, and WJOB. You can follow us all over on social media at Sports Talk Chicago. Hit the like button on YouTube, subscribe to us there, and also uh, be sure to podcast this show. First segment, we had Dan McNeil on, sports radio legend, 30-plus years in the business, one of the 670 Scores original hosts, along with Mike North. Great friend of this program, great insights from Dan on what happened to the Bears, what decisions they made and what they may do. Go back and podcast that segment, one of today's program. Last segment of the day, and if you're just tuning in, and if you didn't hear yet, the Bears are going to be retaining Matt Eberflus. Obviously, Ryan Poles gets to stay, too. Luke Getzey and all the offensive assistants, though, have been fired. So now the Bears are tasked with finding a new offensive coordinator. They may even hire a defensive coordinator to work under Eberflus. We still don't know what they're going to do yet at the quarterback position, which is where this segment is going to put us and wrap us up today. What will they do at the quarterback position? Well, Ryan Poles sounded noncommittal in the press conference. He did say that as of today, Justin Fields is the starter, but that – They're going to evaluate all their options and look at all things before they make a final decision or make a choice. Now, there are three different things the Bears could do here. They could keep Justin Fields and trade the number one pick. They could draft a quarterback and trade Justin Fields. Or, what I've heard now, they might even draft a quarterback and keep Fields and have a competition, potentially, an open competition for the starting spot. They have three options. We'll see which one they pick. Not going to advocate for a specific position today, what I'm going to say is this. Luke Getzey was blamed for everything that went wrong for the Bears this year. It's clear. He was the only one who got fired. he's the only one who had any punishment or repercussion for the 7-10 season. Not Matt Iberpluss, not Allen Williams, not Justin Fields. It was only Luke Getzey and his associates, all of his assistants under him. With him gone, the Bears have to look for an offensive coordinator and they're going to have to make a decision on what they want to do at quarterback. I almost feel bad now for Justin Fields. I mean, I don't think he's the guy, but now you look at this situation, it sucks for him. I actually feel bad for him. I really do, because really for him right now, it's not necessarily even a win-win situation. So here's what the Bears could do with them. I mean, they could keep him around, and it'll be his third offensive coordinator in four years, which people will use as an excuse when he doesn't play well, but nevertheless, that is a reality. What if they go 7-10 and 10 next year, Matt Eberflus could be fired. Then he's stuck here again with no coach. Then he's definitely going to be shipped off. And again, if he doesn't perform, it could be blamed on the offensive coordinator. He's going to have to learn another new system. It's his fourth year. Staying here for Justin Fields is just not going to work. In addition to what he did this year, I was not impressed. But now, I mean, if he can't even get down, uh, throwing the ball under three seconds, right? He can't even get that done. If he's missing wide open receivers in year three, I don't care who's calling plays. If somebody's open, somebody's open. If you can't do that in year three, now you're going to add another offensive coordinator to the, to the mix. You're going to add a hot seat head coach and a team that's under immense pressure to win. It's not going to go well for Justin Fields next year if he stays. That's just a fact. He can't deal with pressure. That's the truth. If you want him to play for three quarters, he's amazing. You want him to play in the fourth quarter? His pass rating was under 60 this year in the fourth not going to get it done as a franchise quarterback sorry so that's his situation if he stays out he goes has the opportunity to go somewhere else which is nice the bears have to try and trade him but he leaves on terms that are not necessarily perfect here's what i mean by that i'm all for getting rid of him i don't think he's good enough but what sucks is that They're going to spin it this way. They're going to say they're not getting rid of him because of performance necessarily. They're going to get rid of him because they want to hire a new offensive coordinator who wants his own quarterback. That's what they're going to say. That's how this is going to be spun. Fields didn't get a full, quote-unquote, opportunity to prove himself. So either way, he's in a tough situation. I feel bad for him. It doesn't sound great. I really do. Nevertheless, if we look at the logical conclusion here for the Bears, Oh, let me put it this way. There is no logic with it because let's say the Bears do draft a quarterback, which is what they should do. That's the logical solution. But here's why I say it's illogical because if they bring somebody in like Caleb Williams or Drake May, they bring him in, they hire a new offensive coordinator and a whole new offensive staff. It's exciting. It's fresh. It's different. A lot of optimism and hope. Then they go 7-10 next year. Eber Ploos is going to get fired. Maybe the offensive coordinator is going to get fired because then the new head coach is going to come in with his own personnel. Then, you have a situation in which it's Caleb Williams' second year, only his second year in the NFL, and he's another new head coach, new offensive coordinator, maybe even a new GM, or maybe Ryan Poles gets to stay. Either way, it's not looking too good. Either way, it's oddly reminiscent of what Justin Fields had to go through. Then, we go years two, three, four, maybe five if he's lucky. Then, he's going to be needing a bust. Goodbye, Caleb Williams. and the Bears are going to be at the bottom of the NFC North again. This won't work this won't work the bears are doing this backwards people backwards again all or nothing not a little bit here and a little bit there but by doing that by sticking to that philosophy which they've stuck to for decades they're ensuring they're almost ensuring failure now, might find me in a couple of years the bears win a super bowl you're gonna come here and say oh john you were wrong so be it i, I hope i am wrong i hope i'm wrong but i'll tell you when you have now, which is true, Matt Eberplus is a lame duck head coach. We could say that officially now. I don't care what the Bears say, what other people say. He is a lame duck head coach. Because if he does not go 10 and 7 next year, make the playoffs, his ass is gone. So that's an issue in and of itself. So you got that to worry about. I got to draft a new quarterback. And here's what's even worse you're going to put pressure on him to succeed right away. Right away. And if he doesn't. If he he struggles, if there are issues of any kind, if they go 7-10 again next year. Here we go. People are going to get fired. New coach is going to come in. New coach, second year. Oh, who does that remind you of? Oh, yeah, Justin Fields. First year, Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace, then both get fired. Then Pouls and Ibra come in. Now we're at year three. Fields is not the guy. That's pretty apparent. Not really controversial anymore. And they're going to get rid of him. So what happens to Williams? When Iberflus and or eventually get the can, get the boot, what's going to happen? Well, new head coach, new GM's going to come in, new offensive coordinator's going to come in, and then Williams is going to be in year two or year three, learning it all over again. And this team's going to suck, and he's going to get the axe too, eventually. This is bad. But that's the Bears. Why should we expect anything different from them? You know, they brought in a respected president who I like as a person. I do. I have no issue with Kevin Warren as a person. I think he's done a lot of good things. When they brought him in, I made a video saying great choice. Did a lot with um the Rams, the Vikings, the Big Ten, now the Bears. I mean, he is a respected longtime executive. I have no issue with him as a person. But I'm almost wondering, almost wondering if this isn't even Kevin Warren's decision. Yeah, I'm going to say it. I don't care. But it seems, I mean, who would do this, right? So who, this is a pattern that's been repeating. And Kevin Warren just got here in April. So who do you think, I mean, come on, doesn't take too much to add up what's really going on here. Why are they doing the same thing they did a couple of years back? with Nagy and Pace, and then the Fields thing with a new president here now. It doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. So I am utterly disappointed with this situation. And in terms of the Fields and Williams thing, I mean, you have to take Williams. I don't think Fields is the answer in general based on talent. I really don't. I think it's pretty obvious and apparent as to who he is as a quarterback. He's a highlight reel every game. He's a nice runner. He's a horrendous passer. And he can't get the ball out in time, and he misses open wide receivers every single game multiple times. But he does have a highlight reel play in him once in a while. You see flashes once in a while, just like you did with Mitch. Frankly, it's the same thing, except Fields could run. So he's not the guy. The thing that sucks, though, is you're going to draft a quarterback because you need to, and it's right. And you're inserting him into this situation. You're inserting him into a lame duck head coach and a potentially a lame duck GM into a brand new offensive coordinator. Which that makes sense. I mean, even if Gatsy stayed to be a new offensive coordinator for Williams. But my point is, you draft Williams and bring him into this dumpster fire, and then you tell him good luck. And if you don't go ten and seven, well, your head coach is going to be fired. You'll be safe, but your coach is going to be fired. And your offensive coordinator is going to be fired. Or maybe your GM is going to be fired. Who drafted you? And that's Justin Fields 2.0. He was drafted by somebody else. His first-year head coach was somebody else. His offensive coordinator first-year was somebody else. And look what happened to him today. I don't want that happening to anybody again. Caleb Williams, Drake May, whomever it's going to be. But yet, as of right now, the Bears are ready to make it happen again. They're ready to make this happen again. That is the problem here. and I just don't understand how maybe you don't learn, how you don't learn from your past mistakes. Because clearly, how they brought in Justin Fields, and then the aftermath was a mistake. And again, this is not a field sympathy tour. I don't think Fields is the guy, but I will say this. Did he get a perfectly fair shake? No, he didn't. He didn't. That's true. Walks in. Then immediately his head coach and GM get fired and drafted him. New GM, new head coach come in with no loyalty to him whatsoever. They keep him around, which is unbelievable. Because it usually doesn't go that way. And then he ends up sucking anyway. Now he's going to be gone. But now the Bears are going to do that to somebody else. Just when we got over the whole Justin Fields stuff, now they're going to do that to somebody else. And then we're going to have the debates in year three. Is Williams the guy or not? And I I hate to break it to you folks, but if you're still debating, if you have to debate... After 40 games played, whether or not he's the guy, guess what? He's not the guy. He's not the guy. If you still have to have the debate and justify it, not the guy. Jordan Love, you don't have to have a debate. Wow, 4,000 passing yards, 31 touchdowns. The Packers went 9 and 8 with the youngest roster in football. There's no debate. He's a great quarterback. He was a top five quarterback in football this year. Facts. The fact that you still have to have a debate on Justin Fields shows that he's not the guy. But now. The Bears are going to do what they did to Fields to Caleb Williams, and that sucks. That's unfortunate, and it's going to happen again now due to the decisions they made here today. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us and tuning in on today's program. I want to make sure, uh, before I finish up here, to give, oh, really, a shout-out from our YouTube channel. Give us a super chat. Appreciate that for $2.00 said so changing the quarterback every two years isn't the answer i'll go one step further oh really changing somebody from your coaching staff and then eventually firing the head coach and gm every five years also isn't the answer too you were 100 right and the bears have set themselves up to do it again they haven't done anything today they won't do anything tomorrow but a year from today if things go the way they did this year once again We're back at square one. We're back at square one. And it's just so annoying. And I hate to have to do this every year where we sit here and have a press conference where everybody shakes at each other's hands, saying how good things were, and then there's nothing. I mean, there, there, there was no improvement this year. There are so many things that we could call out, and we did call out on this program here today, that sucked about 2023. And yet... All all we hear is progress. All we hear are good things. There weren't good things. There were very little good things this year. All of it was bad. They better get their act together up there. Because if they draft a quarterback like Caleb Williams or Drake, May, they're going to be immediately transplanted into this mess. And then eventually they're going to be under a new head coach and a new GM with no loyalty to them. And here we go round and round again, the same cycle and it sucks. Mm. It just hurts to even think about. That'll do it for us here today. Sports Talk Chicago. I appreciate everybody hanging out with us here and tuning in a huge shout out to John Meadows for directing and producing on a big night like this. Really appreciate him being here. Dan McNeil. Remember, podcast the show if you missed it. Dan McNeil, 30 years, sports radio legend. Gave us some great insights on the Bears. Check out his show on WJOB. And also check out his podcast, the Danny Mac Podcast. Anywhere you get it. Appreciate everybody watching and hanging out here with us. Follow us all over at Sports Talk Chicago. Hit the like button. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. uh, We'll see you very soon. I am just unbelievably disconcerted. I'm angry and I'm hurt. But... Alas, that's Bears football. Until next time, so long.